Andy, as we come on to our second episode of the week, I still am struggling with how to open these. And I think I'm just going to go with a, you know, like a cold open, like a straight, straight into the straight into it. Okay. I have nothing like, why do no I, have, why do I have to, I mean, like they know who we are. I mean, I'm Dave, I'm, I'm Andy uh, and you're Dave, right? You don't know who you are. <laughs> we all know who we are. Why, why do we have to say, maybe, maybe I do, maybe it's the early onset Alzheimer's, uh, Andy, so how are you on the? We are recording on a Thursday, and where we'll release this uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. Andy, how are you at the end of this week? Wait, I'm sorry, I'm just going to cut you off real quick. Obviously, you were Nostradamus again. Last episode, you called that the Lions were going to be in the top five, and here you are. So take credit. Dave, thank you. I'm I'm not going to say that you know I'm all knowing. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I nailed it. You know, so. Hey, I'm, I'm 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 here to give the world accurate predictions, brilliant analysis, and entertaining uh, snippets of comedy here. So whatever you know, whatever you need, whatever America needs, that's what I'm here for. That's that's the Andy I know and love. That, <laughs> that's the one I love. So Andy, we have a full agenda today. We got a lot oh of topics to run through in a short amount of time. So let's just jump into it. Andy, we're going to do a quick sports check in. I've got a really quick one because look, our t- my team's out. Everyone knows that anguish that I've been through. I want to. I was watching the Phillies and the Braves last night, and Bryce Harper had two home runs. Bryce Harper is a uh, controversial figure in the world of baseball. I mean, he's he came up very young. He was proclaimed like LeBron James to be the next big thing, and and he's lived up to a lot of those expectations. But when he was with the Washington Nationals, he got a lot of grief because of the way he played, and everyone was a little upset about that. They thought he should be more deferential to the older generation, and they thought that that was bad. They paid the Phillies paid him over three hundred million dollars for ten years. I, I think that's what the contract was three thirty over ten years, so, somewhere in that neighborhood. And I'm here to say I think he's wildly under underpaid, if that's a thing. This guy continues to deliver. He loves being in Philadelphia. Everyone asks why he went to Philadelphia, and this guy. I mean, you see the way he, when he hits home runs, and this is why I love social media because you can get on and and get the clips from very number of people. They post it. Those people love Bryce Harper. He fits that city. I I think he's the Phillies are like robbing him blind by paying him just that amount of money for that period of time. So anyways, that's my sports check-in. I really think that Bryce Harper, like I, I've turned the corner on him. I really enjoy watching him play. I enjoy watching him play in Philadelphia. So Andy, that's, that's where I'll just start. Yeah, it, it, it's great to see, you know, in the world of professional sports, you know, people get paid a lot of money and sometimes you really question the return on investment. It's good to see when it does pan out and somebody really lives up to the hype around them. So that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. So anyways, Andy, we got a big... Uh, weekend ahead of us for our sports team. So we'll check in with the rest of sports next week. But Andy, let's get into some other topics here. Um, we talked on two things last uh, on Tuesday uh, on our earlier pod. We talked about Israel and the Speaker of the House and and a lot of things continue to develop both on those fronts. Andy, I, I'll I'll turn the mic over to you on, on Israel, but I did want to just note I find it extremely fascinating watching this play out through social media um, and, and to see all the commentary, to see the people who are sharing and, and liking and forwarding uh, videos from, we, we really, we don't know all the sources of where they're coming from. Yeah, That's where you really struggle with mis, dis, and malinformation. 
But I do feel like the commentary around this is really interesting to see play out. And it's really, I mean, frankly, polarizing. I see a lot of, you know, all on one or all on the other. I very rarely see that middle ground on social media. So that I, that was one thing that struck me, Andy, as you've seen this play out over the last couple of days. Uh, what have your thoughts been? Yeah, I mean, David, it's obviously, you know, as we said on Tuesday, and as it will remain for a little while here, it's a very dynamic and fluid situation, you know, from the what is happening on the ground, you know, the, the story's moving fast. And I don't think we're here to recap the events, you know, militarily that are happening, I think, but trying to understand what's happening in context, right? And um, I, I, I was thinking quite a bit about, you know, the, the tragedy of all of this. And, you know, the the the, the only thing I think we can do in a sense as spectators is is have hope, right? And hope that something good can can somehow come out of this, right? And we're, we're both, you know, people of faith. And, you know, I, I would like to go back to the the idea that, you know, all, all things can work together for good, even the most you know, horrendous tragedies. And since I look at this and I was reading yesterday an article, I think it was really well done in the unpopulist uh, on Substack. And um, the, the, it's titled, The Palestinian Cause Cannot Justify Hamas's Depravity. And it was written by uh, two authors, Akiva Malamet uh, from Israel and, and uh, Shika Damia, who's, who's got some strong things. I believe, I believe she is Palestinian, if I recall. And, and they kind of look at this and they, they, they give no justification for Hamas's actions. And they close sort of with, with the hope that maybe, you know, just maybe, uh, the, the Palestinians will realize that Hamas cannot be the answer. And maybe Israel will look at this and say, maybe we need to do something a little bit differently to try and really settle the Palestinian situation in, in a more peaceful man manner, right? After the military response, which is, you know, again, justified and, and necessary at this point. And, and for me, I think that's really where I have to kind of look at this is, you know, once the response from Israel is complete, can the Israeli government, this this unity government that is currently in place now, can the the Palestinian Authority, you know, the non-Hamas part of, of, of the Palestinian um, governance, can the international community come together and actually work towards some kind of sustainable, viable peace? And and maybe you know, given the Abraham Accords, given the attempt to normalize relationships between Israel and some of the neighboring countries in the region. Given the, the the desire for some of the Arab countries to go beyond you know hatred for Israel and, and find a lasting peace and prosperity, maybe there is you know something good that can come out on the other end. We're still a while away from that potential, but I, I'm kind of looking at this and, and I'm trying to be hopeful that even this crisis, even this disgusting loss of life, maybe some good could potentially come out of it. And uh, that's kind of my hope as we as we look at this you know again right now. You know, Israel is about to completely raise Gaza and chase down every Hamas, you know, leader and fighter. And and again, you know, rightfully so for, what, for, for what's happened. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to pretend to know all the intricacies here or, again, you know, keep up with all the operational activity. But it does appear, you know, like Israel is very focused on Hamas and the Hamas leadership and and making sure that they exact, um, you know, they take the appropriate action for what happened. And look, the atrocities that have come out and the videos that have been shown um, and, and the, you know, all the activity that, that was done in that initial onslaught last Saturday, as all those details are coming to light, it, it, those, those are inexcusable and, and the, the, they, they deserve to be um, 
you know, taken punishment for those those actions. Um, and so I, I'm not going to pretend to know, you know, what the next steps are going to be, but there is going to have to be that time when when you know the military operations are complete. And now, how do you transition and how do you build it? Because again, this is not Israel versus Palestine. This is Israel versus Hamas. Yeah. And I think it's very clear to put that into perspective because there are the Palestinian people deserve better than what they've gotten, frankly. And that, I mean, again, this is my opinion, but the, I mean, the, Hamas and and those groups have shown no um, no ability to really care for the people as as they do about for some reason this the 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 revenge against Israel. So all all interesting comments. And again, it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out over the over the time. I I do I I don't know if this is a waste comment, Andy, but. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, uh, you know, when we talk about this stuff on social media and some of the outrage that has come out and protests and demonstrations around the world, had, have you followed any of that story around uh, Harvard about what you know, group, the, the groups around Harvard that signed the petition, the student groups, and now all of a sudden there's some backtracking on there? I don't know if this qualifies as a waste comment, Andy. A lot of people are coming back and saying, oh, I didn't know what was going to be in this letter that was written especially as people are starting to call on the question uh, their their commitments and, and such. So have you seen that, Andy? Yeah, so so I have. And, you know, I think this kind of goes to, uh, you know, I was, I was in conversation with my oldest son, who, who's a college senior, and he's been trying to look at this and he's been talking with friends in his, in his community. He's got friends, Jewish friends, he's got Palestinian and Arab friends, and he's been trying to sort of talk with them and understand what's really happening here. You know, and how do they look at this together constructively? It's, it's been good to listen to them and what they're thinking about. And I think, you know, in the college dynamic, there tends to be a lot of passion. And sometimes that can be misdirected, you know, and, and people get very strong emotional feelings about causes. And, and sometimes um, looking at the youth here, not necessarily more adult leadership, that can, that can be expressed sometimes uh without a complete understanding of things or insensitively. And I think in this case, um, they're, they're reviewing sort of their initial response and, and, and that's probably appropriate, right? I mean, I, I don't wanna, I haven't looked at it closely enough to be able to judge you know, exactly how this came about and what exactly, but, but, but before we jump into a position, you know, full speed ahead, I think it's important to take time to pause and reflect and really try to understand what's happening here and take a measured response. And, and sometimes, in, in the dynamic college environment that that doesn't always happen. So, um, you know, back to our, our acronym of, of waste, right? Wild ass statements, theories, and exaggerations. Maybe this is a uh, borderline wild ass statement kind of thing, you know, but, but, but also I think it's um, probably well-intended support that that came out not in the right way, but um, you know, that's people have a chance now to pause. And like there's a lot of protest activity occurring around the country there's a lot of solidarity activity happening around the country. And I think, you know, before people jump into an event, they should really think about, you know, who's organizing it? What's the message? Do I support this? Do I want to be associated with this? And, and take some time to reflect maybe on, on what are the other sides, other, the other parties saying, and is there something there, you know, for me to get out of this? I, I hope people take a, 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 a thoughtful, measured response to the events happening on the ground. Yeah, very, very good comments, Andy. So, Let's transition then and wrap that one up and, and we'll move to another thing and go from a, a very serious discussion on Israel and, and what's going on there 
to, I, I, I don't know if there's another word other than say, like almost like a sitcom event, but we'll <laughs> talk about the uh, Speaker of the House uh, election that occurred yesterday. We've been talking about politics here for a little while. And and I think last week we noted, you know, the Republicans voted out um, the uh, former Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. And and uh, yesterday they took a vote and uh, they seem to have, have an elected new Speaker, though there is debate whether or not this is going to go to the full house to, to for vote or not. But uh, Andy, what, you know, I, I, again, talking about some waste comments, some wild ass statements. I, I saw some senators come out in support of, or I'm sorry, representatives come out in support of one individual over the other based solely because that, you know, um, Jordan uh, from, from Ohio was a, uh, was uh, a contester of the 2020 election. So they voted for him because, because frankly, he was an election denier, if that's a popular term. So talk about wild ass statements. Here we are, you know, three years later, we're still talking about how the election was stolen. I mean, that, that mindset, that, that just deserves its own hall of fame. I think, Andy, where, where are you at on the speaker of the house election? Well, you know, again, Dave, like as, as I talked about last time, I think, you know, I, I like, chaotic politics. I know there's a lot of um, folks that sort of limited appetite for the chaos of democracy, but I like seeing it play out. You know, and in this case, you've got two leading candidates from the Republican Party, you know, vying to become the speaker designee, right? So they, they get their party's nomination. And it seems that Representative Scalise has, has done that, maybe. Um, and then they go to the full house vote where the minority party in this, you know, right now, the Democrats have their own nominee you know their party leader will be nominated and the house will vote and presumably the majority party wins but because the margin is so thin it's a little bit dicey right and the same the same challenge that um that the last speaker had and the, and the reason he, he was was knocked out of his position they didn't have a lot of support broad support and it looks like that that fight's going to continue as we're as recording this you know the republicans are set to meet again and try and you know really solidify their support around one or the other, or maybe somebody else entirely. But I, I like seeing this play out because, again, I think it gives a chance for people's voices to be heard, regardless of their wild-ass statements, regardless of their positions and where they're coming from. They're representing a constituency, and these kinds of fights allow that constituency to be heard and for politics to play themselves out. And so I think it's really interesting to watch this this, this happen. You know, in the House, we've got that. And then if I can, if I can mention Dave, you know, on on the Democrat side, last time we were on the you know on, on the pod, you talked about you know wanting to see somebody else besides Biden, right? We've had Marianne Williamson in the race. People seem to be very not um, excited by her and, and clinging on to her you know, as, as as a viable opposition candidate. And now you've got uh, a host of a of a um, of a show, yeah, the Young Turks. Uh, Senk Weger has announced that he's going to run a primary bid against Mr. Biden. And he, uh, it's interesting in multiple levels. One, it seems like he was trying to get somebody else to run and nobody was willing. And nobody wanted to challenge President Biden. They wanted to let him you know, secure the nomination peacefully and move on. And so you know, th so this guy comes up and says, well, well then I'm going to do it. And he he's not a naturalized or not an, an American born citizen. So he's going to, he's going to, he's going to try and primary Biden and you know, like myself, he was born overseas, wasn't a born American, constitutionally isn't eligible to be president. 
but he thinks he's got a, a fight to make here and he wants to take it to the Supreme Court and try and, and be permitted to, uh, to to serve as president. It's a very interesting sort of thing to see play out. So he's representing a progressive part of the party, which you spoke about on Tuesday's pod. And so it's interesting to see this now starting to happen, right? As RFK leaves the Democratic Party for an independent bid, now you've got a progressive, you know, from the left challenger to, to President Biden, potentially. Again, a little chaotic, but probably healthy challenges in both the House and on the Democrats. Interesting to see all this play out, Dave. Yeah, I, I think it, it is. I, I, look, I'm, I'm, I want to see these individuals challenged. I think we, we owe it, to, and I think there's been too much of this get behind the party and party unity um, aspects that that doesn't allow for healthy debate and discourse. Now, I think some of it, when you have debate between some of the more extremist groups and the more moderates, it can get a little really, you know, black or white or, you know, something. And I, I don't necessarily like that because then there's no middle ground for them to, to come into. But but I do like to see people challenge. But but I will say, Andy, if we're going to have a, nat, you know, uh, somebody from outside the United States run for president, um, that uh, I think we probably both would have preferred that that person be the governor, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, the, he had a, a quite a good run as the yeah. governor of, of California. And, and unfortunately, he can't run for president because he was not a a naturalized uh, U.S. citizen. So, um, anyway, so so uh, there was there was a time when it was looking like he might he might he yeah, might yeah. support, and then you know things things uh, went sideways for for the governor. But um, yeah, there's there's a moment when it looked like he might get some support to run, and people were willing to <laughs> try and back him. You know, even to, despite the the challenge of having to be a, a natural born American citizen. So, but uh, you know, just a quick note on that, Dave. Arnold Schwarzenegger's new book, Be Useful, came out this week. I'm glad to have a copy. I'm excited to read it. Great to see Arnold trying to, you know, build his legacy and leave numerous things of value, um, you know, to continue on after he, one day, hopefully not anytime soon, but, um, you know, moves on to higher ground. So uh, excited about that book. Yeah, I, I tell you, his story is really amazing. I, I mean, I, we love, look, we, we make no mistake, Andy and I love, uh, Schwarzenegger movies, especially the early uh, the '80s movies, the the great ones there. Um, but he's really made a lasting legacy. I mean, he's his his pump newsletter is great, uh, a lot of great information out there, just very positive, um, and I enjoy seeing that. And same thing, you know, there's another guy, Joey Swole, who's also on. He's a he's a gym guy, but um, it, you know, he's in that mold too. Is like calling people out and. And, you know, being about positivity and talking about the right way to do things, I, I think that mindset, we really need to get back to some of that. I know, that, you know, look, Schwarzenegger was on some shows last week, he was talking about we don't want to raise wimpy, w- wimpy kids and all that stuff. And, and I, I think people take that too literally. Uh, obviously, we want to be connected emotionally and with our our ourselves but at the same time is like we we have to also challenge ourselves and and be in those positions so anyways andy we'll 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 be interested to see how the house wraps up i'm sure it'll happen over this weekend we'll see where it goes from there and we'll have some more topics of conversation to talk about next week on that front yeah for sure for sure all right so andy as we go into you know the last part of this uh episode here Anything top of mind for you? Anything, anything you want to call out? Anything you've got going on? Uh, you you want to mention? So, so Dave, there's 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 a few things on my mind this morning, sort of in the other category. So, it's you know, I'll just touch football. Just say there's a as, as we record this today, there's a Broncos Chiefs game tonight. 
I don't think anybody cares. I don't think anybody cares about Broncos <laughs> so far right now, right? So is Taylor Swift going to be there, Andy? Is, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm sure she will be. I haven't looked at the odds, but I can only imagine the odds for the Broncos are absolutely horrendous. But I want to talk about just just two quick things. One, a, a colleague of mine, Alan Liska, has been involved in a project I think is just really cool. You know, we mentioned before, I think, that, you know, I grew up with comic books, big fans of comic books. And he's been working on a project, uh, a ransomware series starring Johnny Dollar, who's an old-time 1940s uh, radio character, now in the public domain. And so they picked up Johnny Dollar, and they're they're using him as a as a detective investigator focusing on on ransomware. And so the first issue is just now available. I'm excited to check it out and see it. Alan's been putting some really good work into it. He's a really smart guy, knows his ransomware. Um, you know, professionally speaking, we've had a chance to work together a couple of times and I really respect and appreciate him. Really cool to see, you know, ransomware and cybersecurity going into this medium of, of comic books, both online and, and a paper copy coming out as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. And I've got a, a comment, Dave, I want to share on the musical end of things, but I'll wait because you might have somewhere else you want to go first. No, I think that is really neat to see how those, the the whole public domain thing has been fascinating, you know, because a lot of those things came up and then there's all these, I think there's big things around Peter Pan and and some of these other, you know, uh, books from, from early in the, or late 19th century, early 20th century. I think it's fascinating to see those, but those are really neat. I think, I mean, we all have our own, on our professional side, our feelings about ransomware and stuff to see people develop that kind of stuff from there. Um, no, that's, that's neat. So Andy, that that's good. Uh, I did want to hit on a music thing. I know I mentioned earlier this week, you know, I was, um, you know, with my weekend last week, I put together a playlist. You inspired me last week because of your new, new music Fridays. And I said, let me put together. So I put together a playlist of like early 90s songs. I really, and I, I just started getting into this, you know, I, I hit Jid Blossoms and I hit oh, like crash, crash Test Dummies. And I, I look, you know, obviously there's Pearl Jam, Nirvana, you know, Smashing Trees and, and a lot, lot of other great songs. But I, I pulled, I, I came across Bush and I was like, oh, this is this is good with Machine Head and Glycerine. I know you had so you had strong feelings about Bush. I think didn't you? You you were uh, you were not a huge fan. I don't think. I I went through a phase where I enjoyed them when they first came out, and then just got nauseated by them. I think so. Yeah, but 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 definitely a great. You know, there's some great sort of '90s bands you just mentioned and great sounds, and I always enjoyed. I mentioned my absurdly long uh, playlist of 90s music it, it, it's great to hear some of that and you know i don't even think the gin blossoms are on my playlist i must go back and revisit that because they, they had some fun tunes they had some fun tunes i think that you know like i think it was one of those i think they had two albums maybe that did they had the one really big one and then and then you had uh, they released the second one but i don't think that did as well and it was just interesting to see, but it took me back to those days and and you start thinking through all those songs and what they trigger the memories of and, and all that stuff. And, and I really just, I, I actually, I think I fell back in love with that sound of that, or that the, the way the bands were playing and, and such. So I, I kicked that back up and I did that around. So any, any music takes for you, Andy, this is going to be a new music Friday. What do you got on your list? It is so so new music to me, but not new music. So you can see this is I think this was a subconscious decision. I put I put my my shirt on, wasn't thinking about it, but I'm wearing an ACDC shirt this morning. I think it was subconscious because the other day I was working out and I was I was listening to my usual workout playlist. 
And I, I was like, I need to listen to something else. So I, so I put on some Tom Morello. And Tom Morello, if you're not familiar, he used to be the guitarist for Rage Against the Machine. He played with Audio Slave, has done some other projects. He's played with Bruce Springsteen. He's put out some solo albums. So he put out an album in 20, uh, the Atlas Underground came out in, I think it was 2018. And then in 2021, as I knew it, he released the Atlas Underground uh, Flood, which which I picked up. I was listening to it. I was enjoying it. Some great collaborations. Really got into it, and and just kind of focused on the album and and you know, moved on. What I didn't realize is that it was a double album, and and that he put out both the Atlas Underground Flood and at the same time released a, a separate album called the Atlas Underground Fire, where again it was a lot of collaborations. And so I just stumbled upon that, and I was like, "Oh, I just found a whole new album that I didn't know existed." So I was I was listening to that, checking it out, getting excited about that. And there's there's one song, and this, this is where I bring it back full circle at ACDC, that I thought was just a ton of fun, which is a collaboration with with Tom, Bruce Springsteen, and Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, where they do a cover of ACDC's 1979 classic "Highway to Hell." And it is it is rocking right here in here in the boss here in Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder sing that song with Tom Morello just taking always taking rock songs and just twisting them up a little bit and making them sound a little bit different. Really, really fun. So not not new new music, but new to me music. I was really happy to stumble across that little gem, and I've been enjoying it. There's some really other good collaborations on there. Are some other artists that are that are fun to check out, including Chris Stapleton, who I also kind of recently discovered and, and thinking you know, I'm not a big country singer fan, but that guy's got an incredible voice and just a remarkable vocal. So, you know, fun to hear that kind of thing. Really love collaborations and mashups and enjoyed that from Tom Morello, Bruce Springsteen, Eddie Vedder. I'll, I'll share the link. It's, it's, it's worth checking out. Good tune. Yeah, no, I look, I, I, that, I'll have to listen to that because I mean, Eddie Vedder, Bruce Springsteen is two of my favorites. Um, Very interesting. Like Bruce has been a favorite of mine for, for, I mean, decades now at this point it is amazing to see him still performing in his 70s here yeah. uh, the way he is and i know he recently had to cancel a couple concerts uh this year or this last uh or last couple of months but he's still going strong he's released his dates out into 2024 i'd love to be able to get to a concert much like i'd like to get to the sphere in uh las vegas but i'm not sure i'm willing to pony up that price for you too but yeah. uh, it does look pretty amazing there and eddie vetter I mean, look, I mean, I, seeing how a lot of those early 90s bands, which is speaking about the 90s, early 90s bands never went beyond their album number two. And then to see Pearl Jam the way they are uh, and Eddie Vedder still performing the way he is, his his voice is still amazing to me. Um, yeah. And so he does, does a great job there. And I love listening to that music. But I do, I am def deferential to early Pearl Jam more so than the the most recent stuff, but hey, look, the, he's still he's still performing at a high level. So, Andy, I think that wraps up a lot of the things. Anything anything else on your doc? I know we covered a lot of ground today. So, any anything else you got? Lingering comments, suggestions, uh, anything you got? You know, Dave went through a lot of stuff today. <laughs> touched a lot of things lightly today. You know, kind of following up with some things we talked about a lot earlier this week. So, looking forward to continuing this discussion, diving into some depth, topics a little more in depth. And Dave, something we've been trying to do for the last couple of weeks and just time hasn't allowed us is we've got a whole host of uh sounds we want to add into this and, and some classic i think movie references we want to add into this 
we're going to work those in. We're going to get our, 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 our sound going here. So I'm excited about that. And, and uh, thanks for, Andy, do, do you have something you can play right now? Can you, Dave, I, I do. I do. I've got so many. So, you know, I've got one keyed up for our new waste section, yeah. which I think is, is appropriate. And then, you know, fans in our age will probably appreciate two movies that I can go back to all the time, which are two late, early 80s classics, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and The Breakfast Club. And so I've got a couple lines, you know, from from those movies, Fast Times, Jeff Spicoli played by Sean Penn and maybe his greatest role. Um, you've got some great lines from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, I, I love that movie. And of course, Dave, because it's you and I, I had to include a couple of sound bites from our favorite Arnold, who we both mentioned, the get to the Choppa line, a great line from Conan. I'll just play that for everybody to enjoy, you know, a little bit of Conan maybe as we close things out today. Conan is best in life. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women. I mean, you can't be that. That is Arnold Gold. So, Dave, I've got, I've got a host of sound effects queued up. It's just, you know, I've got I've got to manage my sound engineer role in addition to, you know, rambling my mouth endlessly. So something for us to play with and look forward to in future episodes. Yeah, I, I love the Arnold quotes. You can never like we we might need to pull some commando quotes. I think that might be his front from start to finish, the best ones uh for Arnold. But yeah, no, love love those coming in, Andy. So that that'd be great. All right. So we'll wrap that one up for today, Andy, and we will chat with you next week. Thank you.